Well, Colorado had their biggest spring game uh, probably ever. And the Deion Sanders effect, yeah, that's uh, it's already being felt. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights free and beloved Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show. On YouTube, we're getting close to that 2,500 number. Remember my goal 3,000 by the time the season starts, I think. We can do it, and we can talk about Colorado football as long as Kevin Borba is here. He's the host of Locked on Buffs here at the network to talk about spring football. We're giving everybody a break from the uh, the media rights discussions and whatnot. We're just we're just going to talk about football today, Kevin. Just just football. I think he can handle that. That's football. I've been I've been waiting to talk about football, but we get <laughs> expansion realignment happening all the time. So football's been like. It's like a side thing. It's like an appetizer almost, it feels like. <laughs> it kind of it kind of is. But you know what? An appetizer is essential to uh, every meal. I'm a big fan of bruschetta as an appetizer, just kind of generally speaking. But a lot of good options out there. But Colorado football, uh, this was definitely the appetizer for the fall. The uh, the spring game is kind of what it is for every team. Nowhere is that more true, I feel like, than, than Colorado. Seems like just the whole spectacle, the whole production and the coach prime Deion Sanders effect is just kind of already being felt right now. And it, it seems like by all accounts, broadly speaking, the game was pretty much a home run for the bus. Yeah, I think it, if you could have asked me what I wanted to see Colorado succeed, or do at the spring game, I think they checked every box, um, sold out crowd. It was snowing. It was freezing cold. Um, like the weather which as someone from California who packed no snow clothing, um, he didn't need <laughs> snow clothes, but I, the heaviest jacket I had was like a flannel um, because it said it was going to be 50, 60 degrees. So I was like, oh, cool. It's going to be perfect weather. Um, night before it started torrential snowing. Um, so there was a few inches of snow. Um, it was 30 degrees. Um, so I was kind of curious to see how that would affect the, the turnout, but 47,000 plus strong. People were tailgating at 8.30, 9 a.m., um, the fans were erupting um, anytime when coach prime took the field, the fans erupted um, when Peggy, the old, the 98 year old super fan did the opening kickoff. Everybody oh, that erupted. was so good. And so everybody was just thrilled. And I think in terms of on field product and getting the programs to spotlight, it went as well as it could have. Yeah. I love the, uh, the 98 year old super fan because that's someone who has seen Colorado at its highs in the 90s when they're competing for national championships and major bowl games and whatnot and she has seen 15 of the last 17 years under 500 for the buff so she right. has been there and one of those seasons over 500 was uh the shortened COVID year which uh, make of that whatever you will so i i feel like that's the, the perfect person to kind of to showcase there because she's been a real a real supporter but the the energy was palpable it looked good on tv coach prime was making all sorts of noise and of course sending people into a frenzy one way or the other this is the greatest thing or this is terrible i hope they lose every game by 30 points like you just you get you get all those sorts of opinions but how do you feel about that that kind of polarizing nature right now kevin i feel like for colorado it's it's all good because it's attention, interest, intrigue, target on your back, whatever. Colorado's in the discussion. 
Yeah, I think any attention is good attention, especially, and I talked about this on my episode today, which will be dropping a little bit later um, on Monday. I mean, uh, the the thing with Coach Prime is he wants the attention and he knows what he's doing with it. Um, for example, the kickoff with Peggy, the fan base loved that, but he had that plan for a whole month and nobody knew about it. Um, that was a surprise to ESPN. It was a surprise to everybody there, but he knew about it. Um, he knows how to handle the attention. Um, he used it well. Uh, we didn't get to see it in the booth, but I saw it once I went on my phone. Um, he was kind of like narrating the spring game on the, the national broadcast and was like, like, obviously he was mic'd up and just talking about things, what he wanted to see and doing in between interviews, uh, between drives and stuff. And so I think getting recruits and transfers on campus was huge. Get some guys that didn't go, maybe they th- saw and missed out and were like, dang, I should have been there. Um, Again, attention is good, especially when you have Coach Prime. I would say he's a, a mastermind uh, PR guy for himself and for the program. Yeah, and, and I think he, he leans into it. He plays it uh, very well, and it's a program that has just not been relevant, has not gotten attention, and is now getting that consistently. I mean, it was on not ESPN2, not ESPNU, not ESPN News. It was just on ESPN because that's that's the sort of draw that he is. But, but let's get to what we saw in uh, the game and – a notable transfer that we'll talk about later as well, which is uh, bizarre to say the least, but I have a, a theory that we discussed before we came on to record about that. But Shador Sanders going into this game, and I think going into the season, is one of the question marks for the Buffs, is what is that jump going to look like for him? And I, I think very clearly on a frigid, cold, snowy day, he showed that arm strength and, and that sort of talent is not going to be and an issue for him. I, I was impressed how with how he played the RPO game. Thought he had some really nice throws. I was impressed most of all with, with his his arm strength and accuracy, the combination of those two things. You had JT Shrout last year who had a really strong arm. He did not have accuracy or consistency. I, I thought Sanders, you know, there were some questionable moments from the Buffs uh, defense a, as well. But overall, he made some throws where you go, yeah, that's the best quarterback Colorado's had in you tell me. Yeah, no, I think Shadur Sanders, he performed well, and I think that's what you want to see, especially, and this was just like going in my head. The last thing that Colorado needed was their offense to struggle against their second team defense, um, who they had been posting like viral clips of and like social media had been like making comments how they're a bunch of JV high school players. And so obviously he performed well. Um, Like you said, the arm was on display, the accuracy was on display. Um, I think his connection with Travis Hunter was going to be on display no matter what. I think they kind of... Uh, we're forcing the issue a little there. Um, there was a few plays where I think he was going to Travis no matter what. And obviously, if he's the first read, he's the first read. But there was times where I was like, I mean, like that first touchdown, Travis was wide open. Um, I even said right before the play started, um, about 10 of us in the press box were like, oh, Travis touchdown right here. Because there was nobody covering him. There was no one near yeah. him. But like other plays where Travis would run like a five yard out and he's forcing it to him. I was like, okay, um, I feel like they're just trying to feed Travis right now. But then. I think in terms of arm strength, he showed off the cannon. Um, we all heard about it. That was our first time getting to see it. That 98-yard touchdown pass was be- beautifully thrown. Um, and I think in terms of the adjustment, I would say when he threw incomplete passes, you could tell that there was uh, at least on three of them, uh, the ones I counted, they were kind of not forced, but they were throws that were a little risky. And so – I think the fact that he only had a few of those is a good thing because every quarterback's going to make mistakes. And so if he could already limit those now, 
against a lackluster defense because none of the throws he made were outlandishly like, oh, he shouldn't have thrown that. It was just like he could have gone somewhere else, and it's just me nitpicking. But, yeah, Shadur showed off why he's one of the most I, – I call him the wild card of the Pac-12, and I think he showed that off on Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I'm most intrigued to see where he stacks up in a conference this year that has got not just a lot of talent but a lot of experience. You got Michael Penix and Bo Nix, uh, you know, and Caleb Williams, uh, of course. Penix and Nix are going to play combined their ninth and tenth years of college football. They've both been starters for for four seasons. You got Caleb Williams, who is the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. You have Cam Rining. Cam Rising, who's been a first-team All-Pac-12 quarterback and uh, is a two-time defending conference champion. Like, you just keep going down the list, and you might say, you know, at best, Shador Sanders is the sixth-best best quarterback in the conference, but that's more a testament to the league that uh, is probably the best quarterback league, by my view, in the country yeah. uh, compared to, to everybody else because there, there are just so many good players there. But the most bizarre moment of the Colorado spring game came after the spring game. Uh, not something you would have bet on if you checked out FanDuel, but you can get everything else that you want there. Uh, Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. You could pick Aaron Judge to strike out, hit a home run, everything in between you got everything that you need don't miss your chance to get that no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars when you join FanDuel today just go to fanduelcom slash locked on to sign up FanDuel, official partner of major league baseball so kevin once the spring game wrapped up there was a big performance that a lot of people were talking about from montana lamonius craig Yep. He had three catches for 154 yards. It was two touchdowns, right? He yep. absolutely exploded. And on a team that, yes, is bringing in a lot of transfers, but they're at a variety of positions and don't really have returning starters from last year who you feel like, you know, well, at least we want to have this guy. Like, it's a complete and total reset here. Every uh, job is seemingly up for grabs. He announces that he's in the transfer portal. What, what do you, What's going on here? Yeah, I think, honestly, and this was – something I picked up on after the game. Uh, Coach Prime kind of talked about how, because um, someone asked him about all the departures, um, which I don't know why people were acting like this wasn't going to happen. We knew that they need people to leave to bring in people. It's just a numbers game. The scholarship number is 85. Uh, at this very moment, when you're recording this, we are at 82. Um, I'm not sure where they'll be by the time we finish recording, um, but they're in the 80s right now. So they need a lot more. They probably need like, 10 guys to leave realistically to bring in all the guys that they're talking to and uh, courting. And so um, he kind of threw shade at the guys that left just days before the game. Um, he said, I don't know. It kind of tells you what kind of person you are. If you leave just a couple days before a spring game, I'm kind of quitting on your team, hinting at that quitting on the team too. Um, but it's televised. So you would have an opportunity to show out um, an opportunity to, to make a name for yourself. And so I think he kind of felt like guys were quitting on the team or whatever, but Montana, which obviously I don't know because it was a very surprising transfer and his statement was really weird. Um, it was the longest transfer portal statement that I've ever read that didn't actually say he transferred. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, I was I actually, looking for that verbiage too. They've all got that phrase. With that being said, I'll yeah. be entering the transfer portal. Like I read that and I, I was confused. I was like, is this 
an appreciation message? Yeah, is this like what, what what's happening here? I thought it was just like a thank you letter for all the support. I don't know. I didn't I didn't write about it until it was confirmed by other people because I heard that he was entering the portal. And then I tried to reach out to him, didn't hear anything back. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to write about this because knowing my luck, it's going to be like, it was just a thank you letter. And actually I earned my number or something like that. But um, I honestly think he was doing the opposite of what Coach Prime was calling guys out for. And this is my best educated guess that um, he saw the, the writing on the wall. Um, the receiver room is the most full room at that um, on the team. Uh, they have... Travis Hunter, Jimmy Horn, who didn't play. Uh, Travis Hunter is a wide receiver by nature, too, I guess, now. Um, he played every wide receiver snap, so I feel like that's going to be the thing moving forward. Um, they have Xavier Weaver from USF, who, um, if you haven't been following Colorado football this spring, Jimmy Horn has been the star of spring ball, and Xavier Weaver was more productive than him at USF. So there's a guy there. They got Willie Gaines, a Jackson State receiver, who has a repertoire with uh, Shadur Sanders already. They have... Um, a couple four stars and Adam Hopkins, who they flipped from Auburn, um, Omari and Miller. And so they just have a lot of bodies in that room. Um, they're already pursuing Cadillac Brown from Nebraska, and they're already pursuing a 6'4 receiver from Cincinnati. So maybe he just didn't feel like there was going to be a lot of snaps available for him. And so his plan all along was to show up to the spring game, perform, hit the portal. Um, and then transfer uh, with a strong spring performance. Um, he'll now probably have all the top programs in the country reaching out to him. Um, he's an NFL caliber talent, so it's interesting to see that he didn't think there's a role from him. Um, but, or, and this could always be the thing in college football, maybe another back ch a coach via back channeling was like, hey, your room's too full. We have a bigger role for you here. Um, because that's a reality in college football now too, where programs have people reach out to their family members of players and so maybe that happened but yeah i was i was disappointed because i wrote a long piece uh, five takeaways <laughs> i was like five takeaways from the spring game and my fifth and final takeaway was that he solidified his starting spot um or at least going into fall camp he solidified that spot and so that was disappointing because i was like there goes that time <laughs> yeah it, it's it's just kind of the era we're in now where no one is ever truly, I, I guess, safe because of the options that are in terms of, you know, what, what they're going to do and what their plans are because their options are just so plentiful. And, and you hinted at the back channeling that, that uh, happens all the time in college sports. Some people would call it tampering. Some people would call it back channeling. You may refer to it as whatever you want. The reality is that sort of stuff takes place. And, you know, coaches who go on the record and, kind of poo-poo that sort of stuff i'm like well i hope you've never done that before and i don't like no 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 one really knows i'm sure there are coaches out there that don't do that sort of stuff but there seem to be more than a few that that do but the interesting thing with uh lamonius craig is you said you know nfl kind of body really productive looking receiver had a big spring game he's a southern california native and there are two programs that are still in the Pac-12. I, I know that we've been talking realignment, media deal, and whatnot. But USC and UCLA are still here for now. And they've got one more year in the conference. And a Southern California native, boy, I look at UCLA, and I know they've added some uh, transfers this offseason. Getting J. Michael Sturdivant from Cal, big-time transfer portal addition. He's a really, really good player. But Chip Kelly and Lincoln Riley, I, I have to imagine, Kevin, have you heard anything on that front? Because – those are two coaches that I think would look at a guy like Lamonius Craig and say, dude, you want to come score some points? You want to put up numbers, get to the NFL? Why don't you come closer to home? 
Yeah, I haven't officially seen anything yet, um, just because I think all of the Colorado reporters, we all spent probably the last seven hours trying to figure out if it was just a thank you statement or a transfer portal <laughs> thing. Um, I, I feel like we all knew. Uh, and then I was like fully, I'm like, okay, he's transferring. And then Shadur Sanders had an Instagram live video that was like, how is he transferring if he's right here? And they were together at like some store or something. So it was a very confusing process. I don't think your uh, LA school theories are too off base. Um, I think he's an Inglewood kid, um, probably would be open to returning home. Um, he's a three-star recruit, and I don't know off the top of my head what his offers were, but obviously he picked Colorado. So um, not sure if they were courting him at that time, but he'll have, I'm sure USC and UCLA will be reaching out to him. Program- he might get SEC looks too. Like realistically, Ole Miss could use some receivers. Um, a team like Alabama is always in the market for talent. And Georgia, same thing. So who knows where he ends up, but I do think it's going to be um, a pretty marquee program, him and Jordan Tyson. I think they both have um, the potential to end up at a marquee program. Yeah, he was actually not offered by either LA school yeah, coming out of, of high school, but I, I feel like this is a guy who has elevated his profile since then to where you mm-hmm. look at him and go, okay, yeah, that's that's someone that, uh, that, that, that we could add here. I mean, USC is always looking for weapons. They've uh, added Colorado transfer receivers before, of course, and Brendan Rice last offseason. Mm-hmm. UCLA is big in the portal uh, too. But other Pac-12 schools who'd offered him coming out of high school, Washington State, Washington, Utah, Oregon State, Cal, Arizona, and uh, and Colorado. So a lot, lot of schools that, that he could be a fit at. I could see Washington State a, a, as well if he wanted to go with Cam Ward. I think that'd be a decent option. But uh, most uh, most intriguing entry into the transfer portal and unexpected as well. But welcome to college football in 2023. Some of us hate it here, but, you know, that's just kind of what, uh, that's kind of what we have uh, to work with. Before we get to three players who – earn playing time for for the buffs in the spring game what would you say was kind of the biggest negative takeaway or the thing that you looked at from the spring game and said okay this is going to be a concern or a problem in 2023 and needs to be addressed either now in the portal or in recruiting or it's just going to be kind of a year or two away from really popping uh i'll give you two things one the defense um which i feel weird critiquing them they only had like five defense alignment available um, and that's like the position they're hitting really hard in the in the transfer portal at the moment. Um, but you could just tell the defensive line wasn't where they needed to be in terms of depth. Um, they had some good moments. There was a batted down pass uh, on Shadur Sanders, which was uh, nice to see that someone was making plays. And then I'm still not confident in the backup quarterback situation. I'm just I know they both the guys that performed. Um, I, uh, his name is slipping my mind. He's a high school supposed to be a high school senior right now. I think his last name's Staub. Um, he did fine. I'm not going to hate on him or anything, but I just there's going to be better options out there on the portal, and I think that they should definitely um, go to the portal and get a backup quarterback for Shadur because, God forbid, an injury happens. I don't know if you want to rely on a 17-, 18-year-old to be your starting quarterback. Yeah, Ryan Staub, the guy that uh, you're looking at there, three-star coming out of uh... – of high school and had a couple other decent schools offering him, but you know, you, you saw him on Saturday. He was, it was fine. Yeah. He's he serviceable. Fine. Yeah, he fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when, and when you're in the midst of a rebuild, it's perhaps not ideal to have a backup quarterback situation where you feel eh, it's fine. And backup quarterback, just like health insurance, you don't think you need it until that moment when you really, really do. And then you really, really, really do need it. But yeah. you know, I, I don't think that's make or making or breaking the bus, making the, the Pac-12 title game uh, uh, this year. But 
Finally, with Kevin Borba of Locked on Buffs. I want you to give me three guys. Mm-hmm. Not one, not okay. two, not four, but three names of guys who, based on how they performed in the spring game on, on Saturday on ESPN, earned playing time for for the Buffs or kind of solidified their, their starting spots besides the obvious ones. Yeah. Um, no, Shadur Sanders, I really – no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, I think offensively I'm going to go Dylan Edwards, uh, the running back. He's a freshman, early enrollee, really small, um, was not – like I think he's listed at like five ten. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he's five eight, five nine. <laughs> he just looks so small. Um, but he's so fast. Probably, I think he's the second fastest guy on the team behind Jimmy Horn. They both ran four three forties already. They're, he's quick. Um, he had a couple big runs. Um, nothing too crazy. I think they're more so relying on the passing game. Um, he gets to take advantage of the fact that Kavasi Smoke, the Kentucky running back transfer, wasn't there yet, and so he kind of took those reps um, and kind of ran with it. Uh, I'm going to go, this is really weird and probably not what you're looking for, but kicker, Jace Feely. Um, he's hey, not the- kickers are like backup quarterbacks. Nobody thinks about them and no one thinks you need them. Right up until the moment where you need them to go out there and win the game. Exactly. Uh, I didn't see him miss a kick. I was there all weekend uh, in Boulder. I didn't see him miss a kick once. Um, whereas at, uh, Mata, the Jackson State transfer, his first kick was blocked. Um, and that was actually... I don't know if you guys noticed or paid attention. They stopped doing PATs and coach prime after the game said they stopped because it was hot garbage. Um, and so, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So I think Jace Philly and he just, he has a bigger leg. Um, he was hitting more comfortably. Good bloodline. Yeah. He was hitting more comfortably from 40, 40 plus out. Whereas Mata, I mean, his were like, I was looking at where they landed, um, essentially where the kicks landed. Cause if they made them, it's obviously, is it down the middle? Yes. Okay, great but where they landed and Jace Philly just had a lot more leg. And so I think that's going to be, I would pick him to be the the kicker. And then defensively, um, and this is, a, he was kind of already a guy, but Shane Cox and Leonard Payne, I'll give I'll go Leonard Payne from Fresno state. Shane Cox was already a guy that was kind of getting the nod. So I'll go Leonard Payne. I believe he was the guy that broke up the pass on Shadur Sanders. Um, very disruptive, big body. And, if you're a defensive lineman, you had to take advantage of that spring game because there was only five of you, six of you maybe, and they're going to be bringing in a ton of more guys. And so that was like your last, not your last opportunity, but your final hurrah in terms of, okay, we're about to go on break for a couple months. I need to have, leave a lasting impression. So that way, even if they bring in another guy in my position, they still have me in a high mind. So I think those are my three guys. Got you one from every every position. Um, if you asked me like directly after the game, I would have said Montana Lamoni's Craig solidified himself as a starter. Like I said, I wrote about it. Mm-hmm. So that did not happen, obviously, because he's in the portal. But yeah, those are my three guys. Kevin Borba, the host of Locked On Buffs, always forward thinking, even though his flag is backwards looking. Kevin, thanks for coming on, man. <laughs> you know, sometimes it just looked good on the wall. Didn't pay attention. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate Thank everyone listening. Me. See you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.